welcome to the Undercover Angel Podcast. Thanks for listening. Continuing with the footnotes or the addendums, whatever it is you'd like to call these podcast episodes, we are, or I am going to talk about skateboarding. So there was this, all of these traumatic events, there were all of these things that happened as part of my growing up experience. There was this childhood, there was this anger, there was the pinata, there were my friends who were kind of mean to me, there was the squirrel, there was the sacredness of life, there was in so many ways that which is typical. You could argue that each of these things are just part and parcel of what it means to be human. You could suggest that I inherited this stuff as part of my karma, which I won't go too deep down that rabbit hole. But it was not the most easy, it was not the easiest experience for me, particularly when I started realizing how small I was as compared to others. And it was not the most easy experience, especially when I started realizing how scared I was or becoming more and more scared, but without realizing I was scared. As I've said before, I didn't have language. So I'm terrified. I don't have language. I'm hurt and devastated my friends because my friends are mean to me. I don't have language to describe that. I don't have someone to facilitate a process of supporting me and coming to terms with the anger or discovering what the anger is all about. I remember my, my mom sort of talking about me getting a therapist or a, or a shrink or whatever, and I remember just screaming at the top of my lungs that that would never happen. And this anger... I think I've probably mentioned this, but the anger was in a lot of ways a, a form of control. I could control the entire universe with the anger because people would back down when I raged. And then moving, then, then we, get into, we get into junior, that's kind of a side note, but now we get into junior high and here's this puppy love, which was real love. And then there's this devastating heartbreak and it was real. Let me tell you, it was real. I cried and I cried and I cried. I love this girl so much. I really did. And, and then there's this skateboard, this skateboard that I have. Now, this is the, the spring of seventh grade, right? And something happened. There was, an eighth, there was a seventh grade dance that was happening. I think it was, it was probably a Friday night. I assume it was a Friday night. And at the school that I went to called Hadley Junior High, and then right down the school from Hadley was this place called Hawthorne, Hawthorne School. Hawthorne School was one of the schools that they shut down in 1980, I believe. There was a bunch of... So there were, like, essentially, like, abandoned schools that were, like, used for administrative purposes and whatnot. So there's this skate scene that's emerging at Hawthorne. Now, there, the skate scene had been at a couple of other places. It had been at a Bible church down the street, for a while, there might have been one other place, but it ended up at Hawthorne. And there was this kid that lived kind of behind the school, and everybody kept the ramps. These are launch ramps back in the day in this kid's garage. And I had always enjoyed skateboarding. Don't get me wrong. Skateboarding was always this thing that I was almost like born to do. Boards were just a part of my 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 upbringing. Not, not part of my upbringing, excuse me, but... 
they were something I resonated with. So I remember seeing a skateboard when I was two or three years old and just thinking that that thing is cool, like steering, like fixating on it almost. And so there was this just sort of like immediate resonance with the board as opposed to some people have like an immediate resonance, immediate resonance with like a ball, like a baseball or a basketball or whatever. So anyway, I had always enjoyed skateboarding and we got these new boards, right? We, the chapter with Jared and Jeremiah on my birthday, that was, that happened right after I got my first real skateboard. And so then this thing happens with Elizabeth and there's this dance and I don't want to be at the dance because Elizabeth's there with Jared. And I don't want to see an Elizabeth and Jared at the dance together. And so I ditched out on the dance and I skated down the street to this place called Hawthorne, as I mentioned. And something happened that night. You know, you could probably say that it was May 15th of 19, this would have been 1988, 1988. And I'm launching off one of the ramps and all of the sudden, the, the real stoke of skateboarding hit me. It was like the first time I got fully stoked. And I learned how to get air, like I mean, meaning like I learned how to launch off the, off the ramp and then go further into the air. And then I learned a couple of tricks. I learned judos, they're called, and then I learned frigids. And I learned this other trick called the sex change and these, all, the learning of these tricks all happened within a very short period of time. But it was more than anything, it was the flying through the air. It was the weightlessness. It was going up into the air. And for those moments in the air, those suspended moments, it was like time stopped. Devastation ended. There was no Elizabeth there were no problems. There was no school. There was just this experience, this stoke. And we will revisit the stoke as the story goes on. But if you've never been stoked, I, I invite you to get stoked because it becomes, I don't even know what the definition of stoke would be, but you know it when it happens. And it is such a profound experience. This experience of the stoke is such a profound experience that it, it becomes the, the thing, the phenomenon, the phenomenon of the stoke becomes that which you create your entire life around, that you want to, you want to live for the stoke. And it's like a, it's a serious thing. Like it's a real thing. There's a reason that I, as a 48-year-old man, wake up in the morning, check the surf report, and if it's good, jump into the water like a little kid on Christmas morning, a little kid Christmas morning, who knows that everything he asked for is going to be waiting for him under the tree. It's that beautiful of an experience every single time, every single time. And skaters, this is the 80s, so, and skating wasn't cool in the Midwest. So everybody skated, and then all of a sudden nobody skated, and all those kids that I sort of skated with that I was friends with, they like got into drugs and stuff like smoking pot and like chewing tobacco and stuff like that, like cigarettes and smoking cigars. And, and there was this break. Skating stopped being cool. And then sk the, the skaters who remained were all just kind of like dorks. 
and and we had our own language and skateboarding still has its own language but there was this language that existed on the blacktop at Hawthorne and there was the sounds of the wheels rolling over the pavement and there was the sound that happened when the skateboard you know when the board's going down the asphalt with the pavement and then it hits the ramp and it makes the little wheels on wood sound and then there's the the release when the skater goes into the air and then there's the sound of the skater landing and this is happening all over. There's the sound of people grinding the curbs and there's people cheering each other on. These are all kids, mind you. They're all like 13, 14, 15. I think I was 13 at the time. And there's just this magnetic electric scene and it was the most beautiful time of my entire life. The fall or the spring of 1988 through the fall of 1988 was the last bastion of innocence. It was the last time that I got to be a kid. And it's not something that you can even begin to explain to someone, to a child, that this is the end of your innocence. And I got to spend the end of my innocence at this magical place called Hawthorne that maybe lasted, it maybe lasted a year and a half, maybe two years. But it was just this beautiful little magical, this beautiful, magical little snippet of eternity. And there were, it was like every, I, it's not that the kids, they weren't like, it's not like the skaters were losers. It wasn't that. It wasn't like, I call them, I refer to them as dorks, but the skaters were doing their own thing. And the skater girls, there were these girls that lived across the street, this family that lived across the street. And so there were the the skater girls who would hang out at Hawthorne. And the skater girls, every bit as hot, as cute, or as pretty as the the, the normal girls, but they had had this different style, you know? And, And there was different music. And the punk rock, the first time, like, I really heard punk rock, it, like, sunk into my soul, it was a song called Soldier's Requiem by Naked Raygun, and then there was a song called Coolidge by The Descendants. Coolidge and Soldier's Requiem changed my musical life. I'd always loved music, but when the punk rock hit, hit me, it like went into my bones. It became part of, it was like in my, my marrow. It became like part of the core of who I was. And so all of this really mixed together into this milieu of adolescent, almost like mysticism. It was like this adolescent, it was almost like a mystical place. It was a magical place, Hawthorne. And to have taken part in this amazing little, what was essentially like a secret, is one of the the highlights of this life that I've got to live. And there, there weren't, there were like some drug, there weren't like drugs, like weren't a thing. They weren't part of the skate scene. There were certainly skaters who did drugs. There were certainly skaters who smoked pot, but drugs in general and drinking in general were heavily frowned upon, at least in the scene that I was part of. This Hawthorne scene was not welcoming to drugs. We would make fun of people who smoked pot. And there was like almost like peer pressure, but in the opposite way, peer pressure to skate instead of do drugs. So a lot of it was, it was very, very healthy. And skateboarding is an incredibly, um, it's just a, an amazing, po- amazingly powerful way for you to discover who you are. 
There's all these rites of passage, like ollieing down a staircase is terrifying at first. And the more you do it, the better you get. Now, I was never a, a great skater, but I was good enough to have a heck of a lot of fun. And then I started skating transition, which is like half pipes. And there was a half pipe that went up in Wheaton, and the scene there was the same as Hawthorne. It was electric. It was just amazing. It was just this suburban, like, secret slash progressive wasteland of artistic types who pushed themselves in non-traditional ways. And you, you join a sports team and you got the coach there to push you. But when you're a skater, it's just the skaters pushing each other. It's a totally different orientation towards things to, to things. And it ultimately becomes like a competition that you have within yourself to progress. And I hurt myself. I broke bones. I sliced my hands open. I, when I, you know, there was all kinds of like pain that came along with it, but so much of it was growth growing in nature or it was a, a, a growing type of environment. So just an amazing way to spend these last innocent several months, even year, year and a half before life got real. So I'll probably do another episode on skating and how it changed. And I will end this one here. Thanks for listening to the Undercover Angel podcast. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.